Amen. You all may be seated. Thank you, Miracle. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this opportunity. Uh, we, we love you so much because you've been such an amazing God. And so, Lord, we ask you to uh, speak through us. Let someone's heart be transformed in the name of Jesus. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for development. We thank you for your destiny. We appreciate you so much. If it wasn't for you, where would we be? Thank you for Calvary. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So uh, I'm excited. I have not preached in the pulpit in four weeks. I'm like, man, I didn't realize how long it had been. I've been out so long, and I was on a series about the family, and I, I've been out so long I forgot I was in the series. So I'm, so I'm going to bring it back later, right? Um, I just want to um, talk to you guys about um, the three stages of life. And, and it's important for us to understand this. Now, this is important. I want you to know that God, uh, despite all of your shortcomings, God loves you. I want you to understand that. Some of us have been traumatized in life. We've been, we've been through some things that has been so challenging, we thought we'd never make it through. Uh, there's some things that we got into, got involved in, we saw no way of getting out of it, uh, but God did, right? Uh, and I want you to understand that. There's a verse of scripture um, in Psalms, uh, chapter 139, or Psalms, the number 139, not chapter, number 139, and it opens up and it says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts far from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Now, now, now this is important, uh, and I want you to understand this. God is familiar with every facet of your life. There's nothing that's going on in your life that God is not aware of. If, if, whether it's in school and you being bullying, God knows about it, right? Uh, the thing that's so important is God is always standing there, and he's saying, let me into your heart so I can make you who I want you to be. But I need you to turn yourself over to me. Trust me, right? Uh, and it's important to understand that. Some of you all are dealing with some things that's so challenging uh, that you don't know how you're going to get out of it. But I want you to know something. In John 3.16, for God so loved the world, that he gave us his only begotten son. Now, don't take that for granted, uh, because what God was saying is, I know you in your shortcomings. I know you in all your ups and downs. I know what you're going through. I know what you're into. I know what's happening. But I want to bless you. I want to deliver you. Everybody said deliver. God wants to deliver you. Before God can do anything, you need to be delivered. Everybody say, I need to be delivered. Now, listen, when you're in your secret closet and there's nobody but you, nobody but you, you know you, and you know where you need to be delivered from. And sometimes things are so tough, man, you can't even get yourself out of it. 
But God is in the deliverance business. Right? And some people got testimonies so powerful, man, it would change your life if you heard it. Right? They won't share their testimony. Uh, but God has really did some marvelous things in your life. Some of you all, there's no way you should have made it out. But you did. But you did. There's some things you did uh, that you thought you'd never rebound from, but you did. I want you to understand that. And the reason why is because God has an assignment for you. Before you was ever conceived in your mother's womb, before Satan ever thought about doing anything to you or against you, God had already predestined your life. God never creates anything to fail. God didn't want not a one of you all addicted to anything. He did not. He did not want a one of you all addicted to anything. He didn't want nothing to take control of your life. He wanted to have full control of your life. And so uh, in the midst of our shortcoming, God sent his spirit into the world. And he sent his spirit into the world, man, to deliver us. Right? And his people sitting in the audience, and they wonder, you don't understand, Pastor, but I do. I, I do understand. And, and God is an amazing God. Right? And he's there for you. And he wants to change the world, and he wants to change the world through you. That's why he keeps on blessing you. That's why some of you all he has not taken out. He said, hey, I won't kill him because I have an assignment for him. And the evidence that you're here means God got his hand on your life. Because Satan, if he had anything to do with it, it would be over. It would be over. So the first thing that I want you to understand in life is we need to have a spirit of repentance. We have to have a spirit of like, I know I messed up. I, I know I messed up. You don't have to tell your mama. You don't have to tell your dad, your husband, your girlfriend, your parents. Tell God that I made a mistake. I did something that I know I had no business doing. I know it was wrong. I thought I was slick. Right? But I wasn't. And you blessed me. And helped me get out of it. Some of you all, the only reason you're in the situation you're in is because Satan was walking to and fro in the earth seeking whom he made the vow. And God said, have you considered my servant? Somebody who loved me with all their heart. Now, the people may not think you love them, but you know you love them. And Satan attacks you, and he, and he tries to take you out. But God loves you. Listen, I want you to understand, man, how much God loves you, right? And God want to deliver you. Whatever is going on in your life, God wants to deliver you. He wants you whole, 100% whole. That's why he stands at the door and he's always knocking. That's why he's keep sending people to come to you to help deliver you. I don't care whether you're 11 years old or you're 70 years old. Whether you're in school and you want to cheat on the test or not, God says, you don't have to cheat because I gave you the brain. But Satan told you, don't study. 
I heard Brother Ken uh, gave a testimony uh, this morning, and I'm always listening for stories. And, and he talked about his son and how his son, Graves, was all Fs. And so he, he took custody of his son, and, uh, and he made a deal with his son. He says, I tell you what, uh, for every A you get, I'm going to give you $5. For every B you get, I'm going to give you $3. For every C you get, I'm going to give you a dollar. For every D you get, I'm going to give you a dime. But for every F you get, you got to pay me $5. In one market period, the grade went from F to all A's. It was already there except it had to be pulled out of them. You are the best wife that your, I mean, the best wife that your husband could have ever gotten. You have to appreciate that person. And you have to ask God to deliver you from being a jerk. You're the best wife. You got to ask God to deliver you from being a jerk. And let me represent you. I need deliverance because my mama told me, baby, show them what you're working with. Don't trust nobody. And you listen to her. And your life is hell. Your marriage is a mess. Situation is a mess. God says, Put your trust in him and watch him work it out. Satan doesn't care who he worked through. He just needs somebody he can work through to destroy you. That's his mission. Uh, and he wants to destroy you, but God wants to deliver you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I need God's governing influence in my life. I need to be all that God intended for me to be. I can't be everything God intended for me to be until God deliver me. God won't deliver you until you repent. You can't blame anybody else for your shortcomings. You have to take ownership for you. Satan is trying to destroy you, and God want to give you life. And he want to give it to you more abundantly. He said, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health as your soul prosper. But you need to be delivered. Now, I want you to be honest, because it doesn't make a difference how much money you make. I don't care how big your house is. I don't care how fine your car is. I don't care how big your salary is. What matters, Tiffany, is what's in your heart. Man judges the outward appearance, but God judges the heart. God says, I want to use you, but I need to deliver you. Are you willing to allow me to deliver you? 
I know you're tired and you're sick and tired of the life you live in. You look good on the outside, you dress up nice, you wear fancy shoes and nice clothes. But deep down inside, you're hurting. You're crying from the inside out. But the psalmist says, search me, O God. See if you find anything in me that's not right. The thing that gave David such a great relationship with God, because whenever he realized his shortcoming, the first thing he did was repentant. And he took ownership for what I did. Don't play the blame game, right? Because as long as you blame somebody else, you'll never get delivered. Because there's always somebody else. Reason why you're in the situation you're in. And God, if you just change them, I'd be a better person. And you jump out of the frying pan into the fire. Because the real person is the person that's within you. That's why it says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. God wants to deliver you. Everybody said, deliver me, Lord. And mean it. I mean, I want you to mean it. Young people, I want you to mean it. I want you to be the best you can be. I don't care what they say. God created you to be the best. There's a, a, a big issue going around now called the critical race theory. And the critical race theory is about the history of America. And in the history of America, what white America is saying is, I don't want my kids feeling guilty for what happened. So don't try to make them feel guilty. So keep suppressing the truth. Don't tell them the truth, because if you tell them the truth, uh, it's going to change them. But God said, the truth shall what? Set you free. In your relationships, in everything you do, it's about being truthful. Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois uh, wrote a book called The Miseducation of the Negro. He said they were miseducated. He said what people did was they lied to them, and they didn't tell them the truth. And when they didn't tell them the truth, they was making decisions based on falsehoods. Whenever you tell somebody a lie, you want them to make a decision based on the falsehood. When you accept Christ in your life, you take the lie and you put it on the back burner. And you're going to live the truth because you can't represent God except you represent him with the truth. Remember, race and all that stuff has nothing to do with it. Read the Bible. All that stuff is coming to the 15th century. All this is is the people that love God or don't. So people will lie to you for what reason? Why do you lie to your children? Just tell them the truth. It's hard to tell the truth, man, when I got something going on inside of me. So, Lord, deliver me. I want to be everything 
that you created me to be. I, I, I want to be the person that you created me to be. If God created you in his image and he's like, why did he do it? And why is Satan working so hard to destroy you? Why is he pouring the lie into you so hard? Why do he make you think it's not enough and you need more of? I need an extra relationship and I'm still not happy. I have all the money and I'm still stealing. I'm doing things when I don't have to do it. I'm medicating myself when I don't have to. Because I'm trying to bury this. But if you deliver me, I don't have to bury nothing. Glory. Once God delivered me, I feel good when I gave it all up. How many people know what I'm talking about? When I gave it all up and I said, Lord, here I am. I'm sorry, I repent, and I'm turning my life around. Everything is riding on you being delivered. Your kids can't be what God intended for them to be if you don't be the person God intended for you to be. All eyes are on you. I can preach all I want. I can make you love me all I want. But if I'm living a lie, it's going to show up. And it's going to ruin people's lives. Let me have a woman on the side. It affects every single person in this congregation. Everybody's faith is shaken because I lived a lie. Because I refuse to be delivered. What I do impact more than just me. God want to partner with you to change the world. But it starts out with deliverance. You got to be honest with yourself. You have to really be honest with yourself. And you have to say, God, here I am. Standing in the need of deliverance. I need to be healed, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I need to be delivered, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Once I'm delivered, once I'm delivered, then life begins. The rainbow is such a beautiful rainbow. Everybody said life begins. Now, it's important for us to understand something. Now, Ross, I'm hitting this thing, and it won't go nowhere. You told me to move it. My whole team then left, and nobody back there, and I'm moving this thing. I don't have, no, I don't have nobody in the pool, and nobody back there, Spud, not a soul. Praise the Lord for a whole team. They back there getting appreciation stuff together. No, now you're back there. Wake up. Now you move me forward. I said about five times. And he like, I thought they were asleep for real. I thought he was gone, man. Everybody said, wash me. Everybody said, wash me. Lord, I need you to wash me from my guilt. 
purify me from my sin. Now, now what is sin? Shanique, Neek. Listen to me. It's a rebellion against God. You know you're not doing what God told you to do. So you got to be like the psalmist when David was in trouble and he said, Lord, wash me from all my iniquity. Purify me from my sin. I know what I'm doing is wrong, God. Please forgive me and then deliver me. Because I can't be all you intended for me to be. Move to the next slide, Nari. Listen to Paul in Colossians. He has delivered us. Everybody said delivered us. From the power of darkness. That thing has a hold of you. When you know you should do good, and the evil has a hold of you, it's the power of darkness, right? It has a hold of you. And that thing is trying to tear you down. But greater is he that is in you. You, you, you. you got to know who you are. You got to know. Everybody said, know who I am. Verse 40 says, in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of what? Sin. Jesus came to forgive us when we accept him into our life and really follow his teachings, right? He will forgive us and redeem us. What he do? He'll bring us back into relationship with God, put us back where we're supposed to be with all the power that we need. Then we can trample on serpents and scorpions and they won't harm us. There's nothing you can do to me, man, when I'm walking in righteousness. No weapon that you can ever form against me will prosper. Most of us are in the jam because we walk in contrary to the word. If we be honest, the reason why we're in the jam we're in, we can blame everybody else. But the reason why we're in the jam we're in is because we're not walking with Jesus. Jesus, you serve me with your lips, but your heart is so far from me. You talk, everybody got to, they, they know the jargon, we can talk it, but we need to walk this thing. This thing is life changing. And, and he came, uh, God loved you, and he knew the situation, and he wanted to deliver you. So he sent his son into the world. Say, so anybody that believes in him, anybody that take his teaching and use his teaching let it transform their life, listen to me. The very gates of hell can't do nothing with you. Remember the story, Joe. Where are you either? I'm walking to and fro, seeking whom I may devour. Then here's what God says. Have you considered my servant, he got so much faith in you. Can God say, have you considered my daughter? Can he say that about you? Can God really say, have you considered? Are you living a life? Have you made the commitment that God said, have you considered? Well, Satan says, yeah, I already got him. I don't need to consider him. 
because they don't love you. They just love you with their lips. That's why they keep on doing, they're putting on a show in front of everybody else. So that's why they live in powerless lives. They don't have no power. They can't even deal with Satan because we're not for real about it. Go to the next slide, Nari. Deliverance is defined as a rescue from bondage or danger. You're in something or something has you bound and you need to be delivered from. I got a gambling addiction and I can't let it go. I'm only betting a dime on the game. You know, I, got, I only got a dollar here and a dollar there. But I want you to hear me out. Hear me out. The dollar's going to turn to two. And you're going to win at three. You may win at four or five. You may win and you're hitting big. You say, oh, man, I got it. I hit him. I got it. I hit that number. I hit it good. I was flying into Las Vegas. And the pilot came over. Omar, right before we got ready to land. So, ladies and gentlemen, remember, Las Vegas wasn't built on winners. They built on losers. They're not in the business to lose money. They're in business to gain it. And who money they going to gain? Yours. The enemy tricked you, and he starts you off small, and you start sipping a little bit, and then you let the devil in. And once you let him in, he said, I got you now. All you got to do is tell a little lie. And then I got you. So then now you're in bondage. And you can't get out of it. You're trying to get out. But Jesus said you can be delivered. And watch what he says. And if you're in a situation that's so dangerous, you don't know how you, how many of you have been in something you like, Lord, if you just get me out of this, raise your hand. You knew your back was against the wall. You knew you was in trouble, man. They caught you red-handed. You knew it. You said, God, please, if you just deliver me out of this. Right, stand up if you ever said that. Honestly, just stand if you ever said it. If you just get me out of this one, Lord. Now, sit down. Now. The, the thing, I don't care what, it can be big or small. It don't have to be anything. But you say, Lord, if you just get me out of this, if you guys help me out of this situation. And what happens is, if you don't embrace God into your life, he comes back seven times worse. You can't lie because Satan, remember, man judged the outward appearance, but God judges your heart. So does Satan. He said, I know you just plan. That's why when your house is swept clean, if you don't fill it with God's presence and the word of God, he goes back and gets seven demons worse than the first. Let me teach you young people something, right? Uh, because you're going to love the Lord with all your heart. And what's going to happen is you're going to give up a lot of stuff in your life. You're going to quit lying, quit having sex. You're going to quit smoking, quit drinking. You're going to do all that kind of stuff. But you're going to say, man, I don't need to come to church on Wednesday on Bible study. I don't need Bible study, but I'm saved. What happens is, and we don't devote our lives to God. So what happens is we don't put nothing inside of us. So the house is swept clean and you've been sanctified. You're clean, right? But what happens is Satan goes back and he gets seven demons worse than the first. 
He comes back to the house. If he finds out the house is occupied, he brings seven demons worse than the first. And they take resident in your life and your situation is worse because you didn't fill it with God. Once God delivers you, then you got to fill yourself with him. You, you can't get no attitude. You got to fill it with the word of God and let the word of God control you. Now, I, 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 I'm going to pick this thing up next week because we kind of run out of time, but I, I want to I take you into this. Everybody said development. development. All right, go to the next slide for a minute, Jay, Nari. Right? God offered deliverance from these things, and then I'm going to wrap this up, and next week you don't want to miss. Here's what it is. Everybody say sin. sin. Think about it. There's some things that you're doing that's a rebellion against God. You know it's wrong. You know what you're doing is wrong, and you justify it. Now, here's the key to justification. Anything, Nadia, that you justify, you won't repent from. Anything you justify, you won't ever. Well, the reason why I did this is because of this. I mean, if that situation occur again, I'll do it again. Anything you justify, you won't repent from. You have to repent from that. Sin is a rebellion against God. I know what the word of God says, but I'm going to still do me because it feels good to me. You got to make up in your mind that sin will not control my life. I know it's wrong. I'm going to name it, and then I'm moving. The next thing is evil. There's some things that in your, you know it's evil. You know it's coming from a place, man, that destroy other people. I know if I call her, if I send this text, it ain't coming from God. I know this text is not coming from God. I know it, but I got to. I just, she, I just got to tell her. She need to know. He need to know. I got to do it. And you know it's evil because it's not godly. And yet you still send the text anyway. You still make the phone call. You still do, and you think it's all right. You know it's wrong. Well, the reason why justification you won't repent from. And listen, either you're on God's team or you're not. Right? The next thing is death. Right? He wants to deliver you from death. He wants you to know, man, you get to the point, man, where death don't have no power over you. That's what Jesus and the resurrection is all about. It was letting you know that death, even death can't hold me down. Once I understand and I have a confidence and a trust in God, I don't walk around in fear of death anymore. Because I know God got me. And the last thing is judgment. He want to deliver you from judgment. And, and a lot of you all are being are so judgmental and you feel and you make the devil make you feel bad about certain things that you've done when you already asked God for deliverance. And God have already healed you and delivered you. And that's something I want you to think about. So when we get ready to go into development next week, I want you to remember this. This is important. All right. Because next week we're going to really get into what you call development. Development is that stage, man, where everything works together for the good for them that love the Lord. Amen. You got to have you got to have the development after you've been delivered. After God has delivered you, there's things, man, you got to go. You got to have those experiences in life when you're walking with God to help you be everything you can be. You got to have every color of the rainbow. It's important to understand development. And we're going to talk about development next week. Because development is the part, man, that's going to help us be the person and move in the earth, man, on behalf of the king. 
But we can't move on behalf of the king, and we can't move into development. God can't develop us, man, without sending us through something. It's called trials and tribulations. And at Pentecost, they give it to us, man, to help us be, man, what God intended for us to be. He said, think it not strange concerning these fiery trials. Some of the stuff you're going through, you're not the only one going through. I guarantee you, man, everybody here got some of the same testimonies. But, that, but what he's doing, he's trying to develop you into being what he wants you to be so you can be strong. That's why we really almost need to get back to the old sanctified Holy Ghost filled testimony service, except people are doing a telemony. But the testimony is really to testify to let the world know, man, what God has done for me. That's what the testimony is all about. Then some people, man, made a competition. They said, man, the Lord delivered me from drugs. He delivered me from drugs and from sex and from gambling. From They testimony had to be bigger than somebody else. Come, you just don't know. I was already dead, and he brought me back. They said, yeah, <laughs> they had already put me in the ground when they brought me back. Yeah, and I was down for four days. Jesus was down for three. You know, the competition get more and more at us, and everybody, they start competing. Instead of telling people, said, man, listen, God delivered me from this. And so you got to have that. Don't, we're not in competition with anybody else. I'm not, I don't want my testimony greater than yours because everybody got a testimony. And the testimony is not for you to show off. The testimony is to give somebody else strength and to help you overcome. You overcome by the word and by the blood. Amen? Everybody said deliverance. Everybody said development. Before you get to your destiny. I want the young people to know, man, God want to develop your life. God want to make you into what he wants. God wants you to be the best version of him. I don't care what you look like. God said you look like me. And some of us, everybody look at, I was telling, uh, somebody said something today about being short. They said, man, God said, I want a man tall, dark, and handsome. You know what I said to him? I was in other classes. Tall is relevant. It's re- everybody said relevant. Dull, tall, dark, and handsome is relevant. Because if you're a midget and I stand up, I'm pretty tall. It's relevant. Right? What you want to be is a person, man, because listen. I, this, listen, and I'm done. I was 440 pounds. That's a lot of weight. <laughs> he be back. He's shaking his head. He said, "Good God Almighty, what was you eating?" <laughs> he just shaking his head. I was at his. I was 440 pounds. I was wearing size 66 suit. But when my wife married me, I had a 32 inch waist. I was jogging. I had 28 inch thighs. Oh my! And I was jogging, and I would look so good. I ran out. She was like the base, the Baywatch movies. I was running past, I didn't know how she was like, it's like Baywatch. I called somebody on the phone the other day. I'm, this is real talk. I'm, I'm not telling you, I'm telling you how, how, what, what got to do. I love God with all my heart. Listen to me. Because I love God, now hear me out. Because I love God, Edis, and I gave my life to the Lord, my Miss Pentecost, don't you hear this? And I gave my life to him. 
I went from a 32-inch waist to a size 66 waist. Ardina never treated me any different. She never, ever treated me any different. You would never know. She never brought my weight up in 32 years. She never said a word about it. She just kept on loving me. And I, I, if you didn't know, I didn't know. Right? But she just kept on loving me. And some of you all said, man, I don't know about all that. That's because, this is important. That's because you didn't live your life. When you live your, God is a spirit, and he made sure she kept loving me. Because I was committed to him, he made her be committed to me. I didn't have to worry about her going to cheating and doing all that kind of stuff, right? Because of, because of my relationship with God. When you live according to God's word, God is going to bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And the stuff you're going through in life, it delivers. And I didn't understand it until he until I had the bariatric surgery in 99, and it didn't make sense until God told me in it, he said, there are going to be some people that are going to be hooked on drugs. He said, now I want you to, when you talk to them, they're going to be on some drugs, going to be so strong that it's going to almost take them out. He said, but when you look at them, he said, I want you to minister to them as though they're 440 pounds. He said, I got to show you how. He said, and watch this. That was part of my development. He said, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you a pastor, and you're going to be talking to some people with some serious issues. And if you don't take, I had to give you something to remind you so when you look at them, you won't judge them and look down on them what they're addicted to. When you love God, everything is working together for your good. Everybody stand to your feet. Oh, Lord, I got to close up out of here. Mm, Want to do it? Lord, thank you. Thank you for delivering us. Lord, there's people in this audience who have given their life to you. You've delivered them. Don't let them be afraid to share their testimony. They're embarrassed about it. But you, Lord, because they love you so much, you delivered them. And somebody needs to hear your words. Their life needs to be transformed. So give them a boldness and a courage to live here. And for those who do not know, you as their Lord and Savior, I'm asking you to come into their heart, Lord, and love them. Love them to health. Let them trust you and have confidence in you and believe in you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we can't change this world without you. So we repent and we ask you to forgive us of all our shortcomings. Heal us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Today is the day we give our life completely to you. And we thank you for deliverance. We thank you for healing in the name of Jesus. Fill them with your spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let this message 
ring in their hearts. I love you, Lord, for all of these that you blessed to sit up under my leadership. I love you for it. And I ask you for healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. If you want to be a part of this ministry, uh, we have a new members class after church today. Uh, you can join today, but you won't get no meal because we don't order you one. But, but you can have mine if you want to join today, and you want to join today, right? Uh, we have a new members class today. If you want to join this ministry, we'd love for you to be a part of it. Or you can fill out a card, and you can be in the next class. If you want prayer, we have the prayer team under the leadership of Brother Eddis Jones, and the prayer team, they'll be here to pray with you on the altar. If you need prayer, Lord, we said, with us touching the green, you'll be in the midst. Lord, we actually thank you for the offering, the financial blessings that you bestowed upon us. We ask you, Lord, to continue to give us a heart to give. Lord, don't let us ever suffer because of what we give. We can't do ministry without you. And we ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to bless those who have to give. Lord, and those who have not, Lord, let them trust you. Because you've given them something, you just want them to trust you with it. And bless them. As we leave this place, but never your presence. Be with us. Go with us. Let your spirit rest with us. Let us think about you on every step of the way. Let us give our life to you. Give us traveling mercy as we go home. Watch over and protect us. In Jesus' name, amen. The altar is open for those who want prayer. To see yourself dismissed. You know how to give online. You can write a check, put it in the box on the way out. Bless. But the altar is open for prayer.